Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you, Father, for moving amongst us. We thank you, Father, that we can respond to your presence. And right now, as we take this moment to get into your word, Lord, I pray that you would bring your word alive, that Holy Spirit, you would, you would take it and help us to understand the details and the intricacies, Father. You would help us to understand what you're trying to communicate to each and every one of us, Lord. And God, at the same time, you would equip us with the knowledge and information, God, that we need, Lord, to step into the mission that you've given us. And in this series, God, in a matter of life and death, I pray that we would understand of all of what that means. So thank you, Lord. Do a wonderful thing today. Let us have moments where your Holy Spirit touches us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Have you ever caught yourself focusing on the wrong thing? Has that ever happened before? Like, and I have this image, like maybe your dinner had a little bit too much salt maybe a little bit too much spice. And you focused on that instead of the fact that you have dinner. Right? Or, or, or maybe the fact that you don't have the newest car and that's all you can think about instead of the fact that you have a car. Right? Or, or maybe the fact that, you know, in your house, you, you, you feel like you don't got this or you don't got that instead of the fact that you have a house. You know, you go on missions, and there's so much about that that, that begins to, to teach you and give you perspective on things on life, and you begin to understand. And this morning in particular, about all that God has blessed us with, all that God promises us, and sometimes we can't get past the fact of, well, this is all I got right now, or why is it this way? Or what am I missing out of? Or, or all of these things, and sometimes we focus on the wrong things. And I'm not saying that there's nothing wrong with improving or things getting better or anything like that, but perspective is everything because it's so easy for us to say the glass is half full or the glass is half empty, especially when it comes to the things of God. We're walking with the Lord and the glass is half full and the promises of God are great and God is good and God is faithful or the glass is half empty and I can't see why, 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 why this bad habit or this thing and I'd have to let go of this or these things would, would why? I just, I just, why can't I have this and have that? Why, why God, or why am I going through this situation? And, and we'll look at it. It's either half full or half, half empty. See, what we've been talking about in this series is a matter of life and death. And there's something that I want you to, there's something that I believe God wants you to understand about our mission field. Because there are men and women, there are people out there who cannot see the goodness of God. They can't see what you see. They can't understand what you understand. And, and all they can see when it means to come to know the Lord is, oh my, I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to do that. I'm not ready for that. I don't want that. I just maybe when I'm, maybe when I'm, I'm, I'm older. And they have a different perspective. And when it comes to God, the glass is always half empty. And today, we are going to begin in Mark chapter 10 and verses 17 through 22. And again, you can follow along with your message notes, open up your Bible. We'll have it here on the screen. But we see this encounter with Jesus and a man who runs up to him. And we're going to take a moment to, to read this passage here and, and uh, break it down here. And so it says this in Mark chapter 10. 
in verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Imagine this encounter. Here comes the man, and he's just he falls right in front of Jesus. And here he is pleading before Jesus. But his question to Jesus is, is, is very important that we see here. He says this, good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What's he talking about? He's talking about life after you take your last breath here. He's talking about heaven. He's talking about eternity. He's, he's, he, 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 he wants to know how he can inherit that, how that can be, become part of, of what he receives. And then in verse 18, this is this. Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. Can we say that together? No one is good except God alone. Now, a lot of times when people see the accept God alone, they think to themselves, well, isn't Jesus God? Well, maybe Jesus is not God. And that's why it's so important that when you read Scripture, you read it in context, you understand the holistic message, because at this particular time, Jesus isn't wanting to reveal himself yet. And that's so important that we look at it that way and we understand Scripture in that way. But then Jesus, but Jesus says this, no one is good and people will ask, well, what about, you know, so-and-so, you know, little Johnny? Johnny is good. He does good things. Isn't, isn't, he, isn't he good? See, when Jesus speaks of good, what he's talking about is God's moral law. Are we good in terms of God's moral law? Are we considered good from that? Because Maybe you haven't cheated, but how do you treat your parents in terms of what the Bible asks us to treat our parents? Maybe you haven't killed someone, but do you lie? Have you lied? See, in terms of God's moral law, but isn't little Johnny good? He's such a good God. But in terms, when Jesus is speaking of good, he's talking about in terms of God's moral law. And then he tells him this in verse 19. This is this. You know the commandments. You should, you should not murder. You should not commit adultery. You should not steal. You should not give false testimony. You should not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And then in verse 20, he responds and he says this, Teacher, he declared, all of these I have kept since I was a boy. Oh, yeah, really? Really you have? Because that's just not true. That's just not true. And I'm going to tell you why. Look, let's look at verse 21. Jesus says this, Jesus looked at him and loved him. It's this moment where Jesus looks and sees and has compassion. Because he knows in our humanity, the truth is we all mess up. The truth is we all do the wrong thing. And for someone to say, oh, yeah, since I was a boy, I never, I never done anything. I never broke any of God's morals. That's a lie. That, that's a lie, right? Every single one of us. Because the truth is Jesus can see beyond the surface. Jesus can see beyond what we show people. Jesus can see beyond what we tell people that we are about ourselves. He can, he can see into, into the inner, right? No one was perfect or is perfect with God's law. We've all broken it and we all break it. So when someone says they've kept it, that's just not true. There would be no need for the Father to send His Son Jesus if that were true. 
If somebody was really good like that and they could not, and they can keep all of God's moral law, there would be no there would be no need for God to send his son. Why send the son? Why put his son through agony? Why, why put him through death? Why have his blood spilled? Why have him treated that way? Why, why go through all of that if it wasn't needed? We have all broken God's moral law. Every single one of us. The Bible says that Jesus took our curse on himself. He took our sin and it, he put it on his shoulders. And Jesus carried it and died on the cross with our sin. See, the reason why and if you've been in our Bible study, you got kicked off. You, you already got these two reasons, but I'm going to share them with everyone right now. But the reason why we have the law is for two reasons. Number one, so that you can recognize the sin in your life. If you don't have God's law, then you don't know that actually what's happening is not right. Number two, so that you can recognize your need for Jesus because he's our only way. He's, 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 he is our only way. We're only good because of Jesus. We're only righteous in the presence of our Father because of Jesus. And Jesus knows all of this about us. He knows the truth about our feelings and our emotions and our thought processes. He knows it all. And his arms are still like this. So he speaks to this rich young ruler in a different way, trying to help him understand that he's not exactly as good as he thinks he is or claims to be. And he says this, he continues on here in verse 21, it says this, One thing you lack, he said, go and sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this the man's face fell, and he went away sad because he had great wealth. Did Jesus know that the man had great wealth before he said this, before he talked to them? Absolutely, because God, God knows all things. God knows all things. God knew that the man hadn't kept all the law, but he was trying to show him something. Well, okay, well then go and sell everything. He's, he's, he's trying to get him, take him to, to that place because anybody can say anything about themselves. Here's what I want everyone to, to understand as I, I get into where we're going here. Most of the time, our biggest blessing, the blessings from God, come on the other side of you surrendering something to the Lord. It's, it's right there. God's like, I got it, but you got to surrender it. And what I'm talking about is a matter of life and death. What I'm, what I'm talking about is our mission field. What I'm talking about is our walk and our journey with the Lord. They're going to always look at it as, it's, it's what well, I have to give this up. Yes, but look what you're going to get. Like the rich young ruler Many people can only think about what they're going to give up. You know, I have to give up a lifestyle, a relationship that's not good. You know, that relationship that's toxic and it's hurting and it's bad and it's wrong and it's against the things of God. Or maybe that bad habit. But God has, church, deposited a message inside of you. A message inside of you. And when you run into people, they're going to say that I'm not ready to let this go. But they're going to see something in you. Tuesday night during our prayer gathering, there was a, a brother who came, and he was, you know, didn't know the Lord. He was unsaved, hadn't made a committed relationship with the Lord, but he was interested in Jesus. And so we just began to talk with him and share with him a little bit. And he said, well, you know what? I can't come to God because I smoke. 
And, you know, there was a bunch of us. Tuesday night, guys, was on fire. If you missed Tuesday, don't, don't miss Tuesday night because, like, it was amazing. And then God hit us on Friday. Friday was amazing. But Tuesday night, anyways, we, we was, it was on fire. And a guy came up, and there was a lot. There was a bunch of people here. And he comes up, and he says, you know, I can't come to God because I smoke. And so I began to talk to him and just encourage him. And uh, he, Pastor Rodrigo was right here next to me. And we're, we're talking. And, and um, I began to just explain to him, listen, you just come to the Lord. You, you come and you declare who he is. You confess who he is. You believe that he did this for you. And if, if you do that, God will help you break the chains. God, God will help you deal with the things that you got to deal with. Uh, the, the lie is that you got to go fix everything and then come to the Lord because you cannot do this on your own. It's impossible. And sometimes as the church, we need to be reminded that it's only with God that we can fix the things that we're trying to deal with. And it's and so you know so we we talked and he's just like I'm just I'm just not ready. He couldn't understand. He couldn't see past in his mind what he might have to give up. Again, missing everything that he could gain. And so I wanted to what what the Lord really impressed on my heart is that I would spend time with you talking about what we gain today. So I haven't given you this many points in a very long time, but you got five points today, and. And, but, they're, but they're things that I think we all need to understand when it t- comes to what we gain and the people that God is going to place in front of us. And so this is, this is here, here we are. So the first one is this. The first thing you gain, choosing Jesus, what do you gain? The first thing is this. Sin forgiven by the Father through faith in the Son. Sin forgiven by the Father through faith in the Son. You know, I just realized that might uh, block some folks. So what if we put that right up here? I just realized. Just, yeah, just right there. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. That doesn't block you from this screen, does it? Can you still? Okay. It's the Father who forgives us. See, he forgives us when we accept his son and the sacrifice of his son. And we come to him humbly. Say, God, the truth is I did it. The truth is I've been living this way. The truth is I've been thinking this way. The truth is this is what's been happening. And we ask him to forgive us. And when you, when you come to Jesus, the first thing you gain is forgiveness. Do we understand what this means? In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, and I thought I'd throw in a King James Version for those that really like the King James Version. This is for you this morning. Amen. Hey. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 says this, in him we have, what does it say? Redemption. Let's say it again. Redemption. In him we have redemption through his blood. Whose blood? Jesus' blood. The forgiveness of our sins according to his riches and to his grace. See, redemption, to be redeemed, to be bought back. Jesus becomes our curse, and he receives the penalty of death for our sake. His blood is spilt. The precious blood of Jesus is spilt for our sake. In Acts chapter 3, verse 19, it says this, Now repent of your sins and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped away. Do you understand what it means to be wiped away? Does the what does it? Oh, it does. Oh, okay. 
the truth is, you know, this is us before coming to Christ. Then there's some things that even in Christ we deal with and we wrestle with. And if you're not careful, these things will pull you further away from God if you don't deal with them. If you leave them unrepented. But when the Bible talks about now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away, this is, this is, this is what, he, what he's talking about. That this, that this right here would, would come be completely moved from your record. It, it, it's, it's wiped. You, meaning it, it no longer exists. It's, it's completely gone. Jose, can you come and do the rest of the wiping? It, God is aware of it. He sees it all. But when you come to him, the first thing you gain is it wiped, gone, disappeared, no longer on your record. Right? Something happens out in, in society and all of a sudden you, you get caught, something happens and you, you got a record, right? And it stays on your record. Try to get that off your record and, you know, and, and all of that. You come and ask the Lord for forgiveness and your record's clean. It's gone. You may know and you might be still be thinking about it. There might be somebody else still thinking about it, but God's like, it's gone. I don't see it. I, I, don't, I don't see it. It's not written. It's gone. And that's the first thing we gain. Here's what I want us to understand. Your curse is transferred from you to Jesus and the Father wipes your record clean. You gain forgiveness. And thank you. We could take that. That was just for that. Th thank you, fellas. And so we gain forgiveness. The second thing, choosing Jesus we gain, is an intimate relationship with the Father through Jesus. An intimate relationship with the Father through Jesus. You and the creator of the universe can now have a relationship. And sometimes that's hard for people to understand. How does that make sense? I, I, me and the creator of the universe? What if the president of the United States came up to you and says, hey, Johnny, I, let's, let's get together and have some brunch. You know? Uh, and, and it could be this president if you like him, or if not this president, whatever your favorite president is. But you'd be all excited. You'd get ready. Oh, man, I'm going to wear this, these shoes, my hair, you know. You'd be getting ready. But when you choose Jesus, you have someone far greater who wants to sit with you and meet with you and spend time with you, have a relationship with you. Amen. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, hears God's voice, and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and be with me and he with me. Right? A relationship, not just a, a, a one-time visit, but an ongoing, faithful, committed relationship. Let him encourage you. Let him speak life into you. Let him tell you of the wonders and the beauty of this life. And you talk to him. Tell him what he means to you. Tell him, tell him how you're feeling. Right? In 1 Peter 5, 7, we're reminded that God cares for us. Talk to him. Father. Oh, Father. 
I love you. Oh, Father, this is what I'm going through. Oh, Father, this is what's happening. Oh, Father, I'm excited about this. Oh, Father, I'm dealing with this. Talk to him in Jesus' name. See, we gain this intimate relationship with the creator of the universe through his son, Jesus. The third thing we gain is a transformed, clear purpose. Do you know how many people struggle with purpose in life? You know, choosing Jesus changes all of that. It's like, I, like, like I, I, just, I, I just I can't figure out which direction I should go in life. Like I'm just, there's so many people that struggle with purpose. But in Christ, that changes all that. See, you could do any type of career you want, but there's, but there's always a bigger purpose in all of that. Because he loves each and one of us. He wants to walk with each and every one of us. He, he calls us together. There's something that, he, that he, he wants to work in us. And then he also, very importantly, wants to work through us. It is not always so that we just get, get us. But so that God would work through us so that we would give, give, give and meet the needs of people. So that we would share the hope we have received See, this series is all about these areas here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this, For we, his, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God, what? Prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This series is about our purpose. It's a matter of life and death. And when you choose Jesus, you gained a transformed, clear purpose now there's so much more that i could say on that and really i could do a whole series on each of these these five points that i'm going to share with you but i want us to understand that this is something you gain this is something that they gain this is what they'll gain they will gain this this clear transforms purpose the fourth thing that we gain the fourth thing is this is a new family that recognizes their everyday need for jesus you see this christian life was never meant to live outside of this family it was it was it was not and i'm sure that you probably know somebody that's like why can't i just be home and do my own thing why can't i just watch multiple services and just kind of just do my own thing why can't i be a christian by myself what can't i be a christian because that's not what the bible says because you're trying to do your own thing instead of what god's thing is this christian life was never ever meant to be outside of this family because here is where God moves amongst us. Here is where the, the family is instructed to serve each other, to help each other, to come alongside each other. The verse that we spent all last year talking about in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, it says this, carry each other's burdens and in this way fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. Carry each other's burdens. Oh, I, I, I see you got a lot going on, my brother. Let me help Help you carry that. Come on, let's go. We, we got things to do in Jesus' name. Come on, let, let me help you carry the burden. Let me, let me pray with you. Let me fast with you. You know what? Let's, let's seek counsel together. Let, let, let's talk about this. Let's, let's be there for you. Oh, you need a meal. You just went through pregnancy. You got this thing. You need, you, you know, or, or something just happened in your family. How can I help? It, it, it was meant for us to do this together. And when you come to Christ, you get a new family. Now, guess what? You're going to need. And if you've been a Christian long enough, you come to appreciate and understand the value 
of the body of Christ. People who show up and know your journey. People who want what you want. People who hope for what you hope for. People who will pray with you. Fast with you. You gain this. And outside of Christ, what is, what, how, how, what's the mentality? You know, I got to get mine. I got to come up. It's, it's about, you know, it's about my pride. It's about what I need. And then you learn that God has a different way of doing things. And he brings the family, and together we, 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 we do it together. The last thing that I want to share with you is that the last thing we gain is a forever home in heaven. See, when you gain, when you choose Jesus, you gain eternal life. Your heaven is your home. You have a place to look forward to one day. I'm just going to. Have you ever had a tough day at work or a tough day at school? Have you ever went on a trip, a long trip? Maybe you're on a vacation. Maybe you had an event. And the truth is, right after it, you just were like, I can't wait to get home. I, I, I just want to shower and I want to go to bed. I just want to get under the blankets. I just want to relax. I just want to kick my feet up. I just cannot wait to get home. Right? We've been there. In this life, we'll face many troubles. We'll deal with trials, tribulations. We'll deal with things that are just like, why is this happening? This is so unfair, or, or whatever the situation is. And then in a relationship with God, you see him, okay, he's walking you through. He's got you, right? He's good. He's faithful. He'll see you through. But we'll, we'll, we'll face all of these things. But in all of that, he has a place prepared for us. One day we'll go home. One day we'll be with him. I'm looking forward to that. One day I'm going to take my last breath. One day. And I got a place. I know. Jesus tells me in his word he's going to go, he's went to go prepare a place. There's a place for me. If you're in Christ, there's a place for you. He's got it all set up. One day we're going to go and be there. And it's going to be good. And it's going to be good. The Apostle Paul at one point in his, in his life, and we, we see this through the scripture, where he's having these feelings of confliction. He's, he's becoming an older man, and he wants to stay and help and teach and, 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 you know, and do all of those things. But at the same time, he's like, I just want to just, just be with the Lord. Because if you're in the Lord, if you're with the Lord, if you're, if you're absent from the body, you're present with the Lord. He says, I, I just, I, I, I just want to be there. In Revelation chapter 21 verses 3 and 4 and then verses 18 through 21. I'm trying to just give you the context of this and go read the whole chapter. This is this. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Amen. Verse 18 says this. The wall was made of jasper 
and the city was pure gold, as clear as glass. The twelve gates were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl. And the main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. I want to give you this illustration here. There's a little tablecloth we bought just to give you a little illustration because I want people to understand just, just see, it's, it's, it's gold. I don't know if you can see it. You can, can you see it? You can, you can struggle to see it. One day we will walk on streets of gold. One day we will walk on streets of gold in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. And yes, we will sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. One day he will wipe away every tear from our eyes and there will be no more pain and it will be done forever. You see, when you come to Christ, you gain a forever home in heaven. You gain a place that he sets up and sets apart just for you. And we'll walk in his presence and the way he describes the streets of gold, I'm wondering how it's going to look when I get there. I'm walking on gold right now, hey. But I wonder the beauty, the majesty, the things he has set apart for his children, the things that he's, he's so incredibly just incredibly designing and putting together and, 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 and just making. He is the creator of the universe. Look at his design. It's beautiful. So what has he got prepared? What details is he putting together? And when you gain Christ, that's what you gain. When you choose Jesus, you gain a whole lot. Oftentimes, people can't see it. They can only think about what they're going to give up. But show them, church. Show them. Explain to them. Because it's a matter of life and death. Explain to them what they're about to gain. You see, the rich young ruler, he could not get past what he might have to give up. He couldn't give up his riches for true riches because many people, are, are they're, they're, they're not going to want to let go of pleasures. And a lot of times, these pleasures are connected to some demon and that demon is trying to wrestle them, trying to hold on for dear life in their life. Many cannot give up what's wrong because they can't see life without it. What they don't understand is that there's so much more to gain. And the gain far outweighs what the Lord might say, hey, we got to rework this thing. we got to do this differently. You let me help shape you and mold you, and the Father will do it. He'll do it. So here's my challenge for us. I'm going to pray, just have some time with the Lord, but here's the challenge. Remind yourself of everything you have gained in Jesus. As a believer, remind yourself. That's right. I've gained that. Remind yourself of everything you have gained in Jesus. And secondly, 
begin praying that the hearts and minds of the lost will be open to what they might gain in Christ Jesus. There are a few more parts of the series and there's some things that I really want to share that we're building up to and we're going to get there. But right now what we need to understand is what we've gained in Jesus. And just pray for their hearts that they would, they would begin to see like, yes, this, but look at this. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you, Father, that you're here amongst us. You're here right now. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, that you are you're everything to us. Thank you, Father, for everything that your word teaches us that we gain in you. Thank you, Father, for setting us free, for breaking chains. God, you remember where we were at. You remember how lost we were. You remember the feelings, the emotions, the things we were dealing with. And then you opened our heart and our mind. Then you reached out and we reached back, God. God, we repented of our ways and we're on this journey. Thank you, God, that we can see and appreciate your, your moral law. And so that we can understand, you know what, hey, this has actually been wrong. Oh, this is why I need Jesus. Jesus, I need you again. Jesus, I need you today. I need you tomorrow. I'm going to need you tonight. I'm going to need you in the morning. Jesus, I'm going to need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. I don't ever want to let go of you. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our church. Thank you, God, for trusting us with your word. And we understand that what you're giving us, God, is a matter of life and death. So, Father, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your goodness. And help us, God, to step into the things we have. And if there's something we've got to let go, then we let go of it. We surrender it to you. We love you, Father.